Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for June 14, 2020. We have three features for you this week. First, on page two, Debbie Dethridge, president of the Kentucky Council of the Blind, shares experiences with accessible voting in the 2020 Kentucky primary. The governor wants everyone to use paper absentee ballots, but Debbie explains our efforts to make sure that at least some Kentuckians can vote on accessible machines. Janet Dickelman, ACB convention coordinator, is back once again on page three. This time she gives us a look at the more than 100 sessions that will be available at the upcoming virtual convention of the American Council of the Blind. It's on your Alexa device, on your Victor Stream, and as close as your telephone. You'll find programs about the latest technology, products for people with vision loss, ideas and resources to make it easier to enjoy your favorite TV shows and movies, and so much more. Discover how you can participate, no matter where you live. You don't have to be a computer techie, or take a long trip, or spend lots of money to enjoy this convention. For a long time, many blind people have wanted to work from home. Since March, a lot of people have been working remotely from home, both sighted and blind, due to the coronavirus. Two KCB members, Melanie Pesco and Natalie Couch, chat with me on page four about their experiences, both positive and negative, about working from home. As things begin to open back up, we probably will see many jobs remaining as work-from-home opportunities. Listen in and get an idea if this new world of work is right for you. And we hope you enjoy this week's Sound Prints. Thanks for listening. Page 2. I'm speaking with Debbie Desrich, who is president of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Debbie is very much involved uh, in issues that relate to accessible voting, and she, like many of us, uh, has been very concerned about issues that surround the current primary election in Kentucky and potentially the November election as well. Not long ago, Governor Andy Bashir announced that we would be voting on a paper absentee ballots and that he was encouraging everyone to vote on those ballots. But there wasn't any provision made or statement made about how we as blind people were going to vote. And um, and actually, Debbie, there was uh, some concern that he was even going to allow the machines to be used. So tell us about some of that and um, tell us what happened, at least what's available to us here in Jefferson County. All right. Well, we had to make several phone calls and to... Uh, the county clerk's office, Bobby Holsclaw's office, and she has been very good in the past about working with us and gave us a lady's name uh, and phone number to contact to make appointments. We, like you said, we thought that we were going to have to try to use paper ballots, which for a blind person won't work, and that means that somebody else sees how you voted, which doesn't work for me. Ever since the accessible machines have come along, I have used them. 
so we were pleased to uh, find out that we were going to be able to use the accessible machines. At first they were saying, well, we can't do that because then every time someone uses them, then they'll have to be sanitized, and that wasn't a big deal to me. I mean, you just wipe them down and go on. I mean, it doesn't those machines aren't that big to it wouldn't have taken that long to to do that so we were pleased to find out that we are able to use the accessible machines and um, my husband and I Bill we voted yesterday on them and it went uh, very smoothly you had to call and make an appointment and we even got there early and they said they just asked if we had an appointment and I said yes we were there early because how our transportation worked out, and they said that's fine, and they took us right to them, and um, it worked fine. And I really like how the accessible machines are now. They have a uh, keypad, and a lot of the uh, they're either, the buttons are either in different shapes or some of them have Braille on them, and so it's a really good setup. The nice thing about the machines that we have here in Jefferson County is that um, they do print out uh, the card, the ballot card, and you can take that out of the machine yourself and go over to the, uh, the machine where you're supposed to insert the card, and you can put that card in yourself. And um, really, I mean, you, you don't have to have someone else, um, you know, put a put a, a, a put a cartridge in or take it out or whatever. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they do to get it set up for each voter, but it seems like it's much more secure and a simpler process than the old machines that we had in previous yes, years. You used to have to uh, create a card and they never knew how to create the card. It was like a plastic oh, yeah. credit card. And mm-hmm. this time they just touch a few things on a touch screen and, there you go. Right. I know right. in other places, I think part of our problem is that in other places, everybody uses these machines. You know, we're mm-hmm. one of the few that have paper ballots uh, that were, you know, er- even sighted people in some places that I know of use these mm-hmm. kind of machines. And I think if we could get them to go to that, then we wouldn't have as much of a problem because everybody would have to use these machines. Except this time, in those places, they were being directed to use the absentee paper ballot. And it would be great if we could get an absentee, some kind mm -hmm. of accessible absentee uh, ballot done. I know in some states Mm -hmm. they do that somehow. but Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's two or three different options, different ways that it can happen and that people are using and uh, so hopefully we'll be able to continue to advocate for that here in Kentucky and not just have those have, have something as an accessible ballot uh, when you have a pandemic, but have that option accessible in, in just normal times. Um, we are not we are not in any way stating that every county, in Kentucky, there are 120 counties in Kentucky, and we don't know if every county has an option uh, available, but we do know that some do, because we have heard from some that they do have machines in their county and they are going to be allowed to use them. 
um, the process here and in some of the counties that we've heard from it is that you call, make that appointment, and you can go ahead of time to vote on the accessible machine or that accessible machines will be available at the um, polling place. In our case, it would have been going to the, the Kentucky fairgrounds and, and, uh, um, and I wasn't first, looking forward to that option oh, at all. Me either. And it was going to be the only place where you could go and vote in the whole, uh, in all of Jefferson County. And I asked when I talked to Bobby Hoseclaw's office, I said, um, will you have some machines at there? Will you have a machine at the fairgrounds? And she said, no, we won't have a machine. We will have 30 machines. So, so, um, Jefferson County is really, um, moving forward with some accessible voting, but, um, it, it, we, we need to be uh, quite uh, aware of what's happening throughout the state, and we do need to advocate for the accessible ballots, whether they be absentee or on-site. So, um, so Debbie, the, your, your experience went well yesterday? It did. It was very quick. Of course, the primaries, there's hardly anything to vote for, but I think I did it in about five minutes. I thought it was really pretty pretty easy and uh, look forward to using that machine again in, in November. Well, Debbie, thanks. We're going to keep up with this, with this um, issue and we would appreciate hearing from others as they vote around the state. Uh, if you would like to share your voting experience with the Kentucky Council of the Blind so that we can get a picture of what is happening throughout Kentucky as we go through this primary if you'd like to give us a phone call, it's 502-895-4598. If you'd like to send us an email, please email kcb at kentucky-acb.org. And we encourage everybody to vote. Thank you, Debbie. We appreciate you being on Soundprints with us. Thank you. Page three. Visiting with us this week again is Janet Dickelman. Janet is the ACB Convention Coordinator, and she's been on Soundprints several times in the last couple of months, and she's come to visit with us again to tell us about some of the sessions that are happening. Uh, we know about um, some of the fun things that are going on. We're going to remind you of those. We're going to talk a little bit about that registration process, but we want you to know more about the kinds of programming and presentations that you're going to be able to take advantage of at the upcoming 2020 ACB Virtual Conference and Convention, July 3 to July 10. And Janet will be touching also on how they can listen to this without having to leave home. So I'm going to turn this over to you and let you just kind of take us where you would like to. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me. Always glad to be on Sound Prince and always really happy to talk about the convention because that's <laughs> that's my my life for about nine months of the year. It certainly is. <laughs> but as Carla said today, I want to touch a little bit on some of the technology. People are always asking, well, which of the major companies are coming or who's going to be there? What kind of tech sessions can we look forward to? And we have quite a few of them this year. And I want to just tell you a little bit about it. And I'm going to mention some times here. And all times that I mention are Eastern time. So those of you in the Kentucky area don't even have to think about converting the time. So good deal for you. 
Friday afternoon, July 3rd, the Sparrow is having a session. And, of course, for those of you, sometimes they say, who's the Sparrow? Zoom freedom Science and Freedom Scientific. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> get the words out of my mouth. Thank you, Carla. <laughs> I, I tell people this time of year I have convention brain, and it really is true. It's like it's all everything's kind of all melding into one. But right. zero was Freedom Scientific and Zoom Text, and they're going to be having a session about their hardware and software, and that will be Friday afternoon, July third at one thirty p.m. Later that day at 3 p.m., Envision America is going to have a session on their prescription labeling and the items that they have available to make life easier for people who are blind and visually impaired. Also, we have two sessions from HumanWare, one Monday evening and one Wednesday evening, so the 6th and the 8th, and those are both at 6 p.m. The Monday evening session is about HumanWare's Braille displays, and you'll learn the ins and outs of what they have available. And then on Wednesday at 6 p.m., there's a session on the Victor Stream. And I know so many people use the Victor Stream. I have mine. I use it all the time. But I know there's a lot of features on the Stream that I don't avail myself of. So I think this is going to be a really good learning session just to familiarize yourself with everything that's on the stream other than just reading books because it has a lot to offer. Thursday evening at 6 p.m., so we're on July 9th, um, Bookshare, for anyone who's involved in Bookshare, and it's that is a great, I don't know, would you call it an app? It's not really an app. What would you call it, Carla? Well, uh, it's a website. Yeah. And you can get audible books through Bookshare. And right. it's they're having what they call their office hours so you can come and learn all about Bookshare. Obviously I need to come and learn about Bookshare because no, I'm <laughs> I'm a little familiar with it, but I have not availed myself of Bookshare. But I know a lot of people oh, use it. I use it all the time. In fact I I that is where I get my books is Bookshare. And you can get them in audio form that, to, to listen to them. You can get Braille files from them. Uh, you can get files uh, that also, uh, I think, allow you to read with large print. They have lots of different ways for you to get files. And if you're not familiar with them and you like to read, you need to Go be to Bookshare Office Hours. Right. Yep. Right. Thursday right. evening at 6 p.m. on July 9th. And... Um, yeah, and they really get books quickly on Bookshare. Yes, and they have they have a huge library. I think they're now at about eight hundred thousand books. Yeah. So that's that's a don't miss session. Microsoft mm-hmm. is having a whole afternoon at the ACB convention on Friday, July tenth, and they're having three different sessions. They have their first session is on soundscapes. And for those of you who don't know what Soundscape is, it's a it enhances your mobility and independence in the way they talk about it. It enhances your mobility and independence in the real world. And it's a research project that explores the use of innovative audio-based technology to enable people, particularly those with blindness or low vision, 
to build a richer awareness of their surroundings. And it's, I have seen a little bit about it. Have you, have you delved into soundscapes? Well, it uses 3D audio cues. Yes. And you know, when the, um, when we had the eclipse, and you yes. remember when ACB Radio did the uh, did all the programming on the eclipse, and Soundscapes also was um, doing things on the phones, and it was a way people who experienced the eclipse using Soundscape um, said, you know, it was really neat. It almost made that 3D. So I have not used it myself, but Kim and Brian Charlson used it, and they were very impressed with it. Yes, and. So that will be Friday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. Then they're also going to have a session on seeing AI, which I know a lot of people use. And that oh, yeah. is a great service. Mm-hmm. Yes, that will let you um, read short documents. Like if you want to find out uh, where your mail is from, you can point you can, the camera at it. And I use it to identify packages sometimes when I can't get my barcode reader to read as fast yeah. as I want it to. Right. You know? You can identify money. It has a great light sensor on it. And I just discovered, Janet, the color identifier. I was just going to say they have a color identifier. Yeah, and it's pretty good. It's supposed to be really good. It doesn't tell you that gray is purple, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've worn those outfits too, the gray purple outfits. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you. Some of those color identifiers, you know, (laughs) they, they get so tied up in the, well, is it brighter or is yep. it, you know, what hue is it? And all I don't want to yeah. know. Just I want to know if it's it navy or black. I want to, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and their third session is going to be on Microsoft Narrator, which is, that is great. Because if you have a computer and you are having difficulty with any kind of speech program, you can always turn on any Microsoft computer that you have. You can go to Microsoft Narrator, and it is a speech program that is right there for anybody right out of the box. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that has, there have been leaps and bounds in Microsoft yes. Narrator. Yeah. And the session at um, 4.30 p.m. on Saturday, on Friday the 10th, we'll tell you all about Microsoft Narrator. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be... Um, and, and Janet, there's a couple of other techie sessions, too, that are not run by the companies. There are. Um, Blind Information CPA. Technology yes. is having a session. They're having a couple of sessions, actually. One mm-hmm. on Saturday morning about autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. And yes. then Saturday afternoon, they're having Amazon, a session, all Amazon items. And then they're mm-hmm. having later in the day on... Sunday, they are having their um, vendor showcase. And I was looking at what they have, and they've got about eight different vendors who are coming from all the big companies, everywhere from from um, Amazon again to Orbit Reader to all kinds of interesting vendors are going to be at their session. So they've got three really great sessions. Um, and what those showcases do is they give you a little bitty taste of, of what, what those vendors have, and then you pop over to the exhibit channel that we're going to talk about on another program. We'll do that, and on another you find session. out more and get right. more. Yeah, right. so it's yes. like like the little appetizer. Yes. Before and you go CCL, to the CCLVI does the same thing. They're doing that also Sunday afternoon, a little later in the afternoon, so you can go to the bits 
Vendor Showcase, and then you can go to Citizens Low Vision International Vendor Showcase. Yeah. So that's a great way to get some previews on the technology that's going to be in the exhibit hall. The other thing, since we're talking about CCLVI, Citizens Low Vision International, they are having a session on Monday afternoon called My Retina Tracker, and that is featuring the Foundation Fighting Blindness, and they're going to talk about all different types of research and diagnosis for people with various eye diseases, such as star guards and retinitis pigmentosa, retinal diseases. That's going to be a great session for low vision people to learn what is, and people with Usher syndrome also, to learn what resources are available. At no cost genetic testing and no cost genetic counseling and a myriad of different things that this session is going to talk about for people mm-hmm. with low vision. And I think that's going to be a really informative session. The other thing that they're doing is they're doing a session on Wednesday on Hadley, which, of course, has been around now. Hadley's been around for 100 years, and it started in 1920. And that is the first, really, they practice distance learning before distance <laughs> before all of this came <laughs> so before this very, social distance before, right? right so you can get your courses from Hadley and in braille large print now on the computer and you can take they have a huge catalog of classes that you can take and uh, for continuing education you can get some high school courses some college courses through them and that's going to be a very interesting session about their cutting-edge learning destination. Mm-hmm. And, and the Hadley courses are, um, are all free. Yes. So that's yes. going to be they information are. on a great free resource. Yep. So that's, you know, it's, and they have, they have everything from, you know, school-type classes to fun entertainment, cra- hobbies, craft-type things. And they, you, can mm-hmm. learn, you can learn Braille through Hadley. I mean, mm-hmm. they just have a myriad of different classes that they offer. Mm-hmm. And that class, that session is on Wednesday afternoon at one. There's a couple of other groups that have some really good sessions, too. Speaking of Braille, the Braille Revival League will have a uh, have a session on Braille on Thursday. Yes. Um, Janet, it's, I don't remember what that one was called. The, but, future, uh, the first one they're doing is called The Future of Braille. Okay. So they're going to talk about, you know, we all, we're all concerned about Braille. Where is Braille going? What's going on with Braille? And this will give you a panel discussion from people really in the know who can give us some feedback and get your feedback on where you want to see Braille go. Mm-hmm. Because those of us who are Braille readers, it's very important. And then their second session is on National Braille Press. Who and that'll so be really mail. informative. Yes, that'll be. You know, I, I just got a little catalog of new books that National Braille Press has brought out. Oh, my goodness. Um, they have so many. Oh, they do. It's a, And they're all reasonably priced. Yes. So, yes. And really a lot are. are in, yeah, a lot are in Braille, large print, and digital format. So that's a great session as, as well. Library Users of America has a couple of good things coming up. They always have. Karen Kenninger, who is the director of, of the uh, National, National Library, Library Service. Service. Yes. For the and she'll print. be in general. 
she'll be in general session. She'll be in general well. session on Monday, and then she'll be at the mm-hmm. library users session Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And they will also on Wednesday have Aaron Jones, who is a talking book narrator, who will be in general session on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's a way to, you know, ask a few extra questions of her. Yes. Yeah, that that session with a uh, talking about narrative in the afternoon uh, with um, Library Users of America, and I think BRL <clears throat> kind of goes co-sponsors with them, yes. and maybe somebody else. Friends and I. And, yeah, and and that that is always a good session because in the general session, um, the narrator is it's kind of a a talk for the masses, you know. <clears throat> and in that afternoon session, it's much more the narrator up close and personal. There'll be time for questions, and all of these sessions will have time for questions. So you can, you know, ask anything you want. And I have had several conversations with Erin Jones, and she's very personable. She'll be Mm -hmm. a great narrator to have. Right, right. Well, there are so many other sessions. Um, There's there's just, oh, there's a, a hundred sessions. Oh. In, a, in addition to general session. To general session. And then each evening, ACB, we're having kind of what we're calling an evening with ACB. Monday night, we're focusing on, well, Sunday night is our opening general session. And then Monday night, we're focusing on audio description. So we're going to have an industry update from all the audio description providers from Netflix to um, Apple to Amazon and they're all going to talk about what's going on in auto, audio description for them. On Wednesday night, we are having a smart houses session. And that's going to be everything from appliances to different things that you can have to make your home as accessible as possible. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday evening is our legislative boot camp with Clark Ratchville and Claire Stanley, and they're going to talk about how to be an advocate and have people on their panel who have advocated for and been successful in advocating for things that they that were important. And then, of course, we have our auction on Tuesday evening, the Easy Chair Auction, and <laughs> that will be held just as the holiday auction has been via Zoom and over the phone. So you can bid and buy till your heart's content. We're going to have some fun things Friday and Saturday evening. Friday evening, we are having an audio described showing of the movie Parasite, which won the 2020 Academy, the Academy Award earlier this year. And that is going to be very interesting because the film is not only an audio description, but it's a Korean-based film. So it's in subtitles, so the subtitles will also be read. So okay. that's going to be a great opportunity, and that'll be followed by our showcase for the perform of the performing arts. And then Saturday evening, for those of you who are, f- are familiar, and even if you're not, the documentary that was on Disney, um, Pick of the Litter, about filmed at Guide Dogs for the Blind and about getting a guide dog and the training for the guide dogs, and two of several of those episodes, the two that we're going to be airing, featured Claire Stanley, our outreach and advocacy specialist, and her dog Tulane. And um, we'll be talking to Claire live, learning about what it was like to star in this and have 
something very emotional and exciting when she first met her guide dog filmed. And that will be followed up by audio-described fireworks with none other than Dr. Joel Snyder, who has taken the 2019 fireworks display from the Capitol Hill steps in Washington, D.C., and he's going to be audio-describing it. So he'll talk about all the colors and of all those booms and bangs. There's going to be a number of other activities as well, some fun, some light. Um, so be sure and look through yes. um, all of the registration. Um, I know that uh, um, you'll find a number of things that will – there's something there for everybody. Yeah, we so, have an accessible exercise equipment session mm-hmm, on Saturday, mm-hmm. July 4th. Right. We have two different yoga sessions. We have yeah. – One Touch Self-Defense is going to talk about being blind and how to defend yourself. We have a fitness and nutrition from Angel Eyes. And we have a financial planner that um, is going to come and talk to you about financial freedom and planning for your future. Yes, so there's just many, many things. Families has a session that will be fun. Um, On Thursday, we're going to have a young man named Matthew Schifrin, and we're co-sponsoring with FIA for this, Friends in Art. And Matthew has developed uh, Braille instructions for um, Lego sets. He's also currently involved in developing uh, a new device for playing games, um, uh, audio games, and uh, it sounds sort of like a game controller. Um, I'm sure he'll talk some about that, but we especially want him to tell his story about how he has um, gotten involved with the, the Lego, the Braille Lego and audio le- Lego instructions and how the company is supporting that effort. So um, that's at 4.30 on Thursday. And then we're going to follow it with Camp Stories. Um, this is going to be really cool. It's going to be super cool because Jack Fox, who's been a talking book narrator for years, is going to read stories. He has a, a lot of stories lined up. And I just talked to him the other day, and he said, um, oh, he says, I'm so excited about it. He says, I have my stories lined up, and I'm going to have some little comments in between, and there should be time for people to um, also comment as well. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's at 6 on Thursday. Thursday the night. Lighthearted, um, you know, but it, it would be suitable for kids and adults alike. So yep, it should be so. fun. Janet, let's tell people about the registration process just a little bit. If you haven't registered yet, um, or if you have questions about registration, uh, where do they go to get more information? All right. First of all, to register online, go to acbconvention.org, and then there will be a link for pre-registration, so you need to find that link. And then you either go to click the link to click to create a profile, or click to log in. And if you have registered for the convention in the last few years, you do not want to create a new profile. If you've forgotten your username and password, you need to check with us so we can find that for you. Because otherwise, if you go in and you already have a profile established, you're going to cause some problems on the back end of the registration site. So you don't want to do that. But the registration form is really very simple. Once you're logged in, Go to begin with preferences, and then you will see several different screens, as it were. The first screen is with um, 
where you select your program format. And if people want to get their program, you can still get the program in Braille or large print and or email or NLS cartridge or download it on the, from the computer. But if you decide you want a large print or a Braille program, those will be mailed to your home directly prior to the convention. You can also on that first page, if you're interested in continuing education, if you're a rehab teacher or a rehab counselor or a BVI teacher, you might be looking for some continuing education classes. We have a lot of our sessions that qualify for continuing education. That's all on the first page of the registration. Then you get to the next page where you can become an individual sponsor if you would like. Then you keep going to continue to and you get to the next screen that is all the different affiliate registrations if you want to help out your favorite affiliate like acb families with their program costs you can select those and a lot of the affiliates are offering door prizes to groups that people who help with their affiliate costs then the next screen you will get to will be the meetings and other sessions and that's where you'll find all these different sessions and if you're interested in participating in these sessions, especially getting the Zoom information for the session, you want to check these sessions. Then the next screen you would go on to is merchandise. On the merchandise screen, there is a little section that says you understand that you will be contacted by the office in Minneapolis regarding postage if you order items on the registration form. So you have to accept that, and then you can you can select. We have 10 or 12 different merchandise items that you can select from the mini mall this year on our registration site. And you can order multiple items, so that's a great. And then you go on to proceed to checkout. You will see everything that you have ordered. You will also have to read and accept a code of conduct. And then you will get to where you can place your order and where you can put your credit card information in. And once you're done, just hit place order and you will get an email with all of your sessions. If this is too much work for you or you're not a computer person or you just don't feel like doing it, you can call and we will be happy to register you right over the phone. And to do that, call 612-332-3214. And go to mailbox six or just press six and you'll get the convention registration line. And you may even end up going directly to me and I will get you set up for registration. And one of our four registration people will call you back. And they've been calling people back pretty much within a day. So that's okay. great service. The registration fee is $25 for the convention but that gives you a lot of advantages. It lets you be in door prize drawings during general session. It lets you select all of these sessions that you might be interested in. And if you select the session, you can certainly listen to anything on ACB radio. And a lot of this is going to be on Facebook Live and on our YouTube channel. But if you want to be able to participate in sessions, you'll get the Zoom invitation and you can actually be in the audience and have the ability to ask questions. And you can't do that if you don't register. Right. That's you correct. can listen. You, you can, can listen. listen but yes. And we just heard this week that you're also going to be able to listen on your Victor stream. Yes. 
one of that your really good. Alexa yeah. device. Sorry if I just mm-hmm. activated a lot of people's <laughs> devices. And I've sent out information, and I'll continue to send it out, What, how you ask to get connected to the various channels of ACB right. Radio. And right. all that information will be sent out. If you are use email and would like to get on the convention announce list, just send a blank email to acbconvention-subscribe at acblists.org, and you'll get information on a one-way mailing list um, regarding the convention. And Janet, also, each day there will be a newspaper where yes. uh, there will be updated information. Friday you know, Friday. And we have it, all of this stuff, but yet there will be changes and additions during that week. It's like we're never done with adding sessions no. and, and, and making announcements until the whole thing is over. So you want to read your paper every day, yep. too. And if you if you register and want to help the students out with a fundraiser, you can have it emailed directly to you. Otherwise, we're also going to read it over ACB Radio. Yes. So there's all kinds of ways for people to listen. Janet, this is fantastic. This is going to be such an exciting convention, and it's available to anybody, anywhere, not only in the United States, but around but the world. But all around the world, yep. Yes, yes. And... So uh, tell your friends, tell your coworkers. Absolutely, absolutely. Tell anybody, everybody, invite them all to come. It is going to be such a good time, and I hope that we can get back together and maybe next week feature we'll talk about exhibits and tours. tours. Thank you so much. Thanks for the dedication, Janet. We appreciate all your work. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Page four. I'm speaking with two guest this time. Melanie Pesco is the um, president of the Tri-State Library Users, our uh, Lua chapter here in Kentucky, and um, Natalie Couch is the secretary of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. And, um, but they're, they're here today wearing different hats. They're both working from home and have been since the beginning of the coronavirus uh, issues in March. And so um, I thought it would be interesting for us today to get their perspectives on how they have either liked or disliked or, or um, uh, seen some of the issues with working from home for the last two or three months. So welcome, Melanie, and welcome, Natalie. Thank you, Carla. Um, let's start with... Melanie, how about you um, tell us, I think you were probably working at home before Natalie was. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your job? Both of you are in customer service, so tell us about your job and and, um, how um, you you got around to working from home and then um, what that perspective has been. Just give us a brief introduction, though, because then I want Natalie to do the same, and then I want you all to have a discussion. Sure. So I work for the American Printing House for the Blind as an information and referral specialist. So people who are having vision issues or vision loss and need to learn uh, what resources are available can call us or email us and we will connect people with resources. So that's in a nutshell what I do. There's a lot more to it. But um, essentially I spend a big part of my day answering phone calls and emails. So I'm tied to my computer. Luckily, um, 
right before all of the um, coronavirus things started happening, uh, we switched over to what's called a soft phone, which means the phone actually comes through my computer rather than uh, a physical phone on my desk. So that made my job much more portable, if you will. <laughs> and so March 12th was actually my last day in the office, and uh, I've been working at home ever since. Natalie, tell us, tell us about what happened in your case. Okay, so um, I work for um, Louisville Gas and Electric and Kentucky Utilities. Um, I work in the call center, and um, like Melanie, my day is spent um, answering calls and, um, you know, getting people reconnected who fail to pay their bills and take payments to answer questions, basically. Like Melanie, we use a soft phone, but mm. we also have – I also have a regular phone on – what is quote unquote my desk. Um, so um, my setup is not very good because I came into the office on, I think it was April 10th. So it would have been like the Thursday before Easter. And they informed me that I was going to test and make sure that work from home worked with JAWS. Um, they took me in to test at 11:30, and um, by 12 o'clock, they were packing up my stuff and they were sending me home. Um, so I didn't really have any time to, um, you know, get things together. So I'm kind of working off a table right by my door when you first walk in because everything has to be all hardwired into the internet, and we unfortunately mm -hmm. can't move our router. So right. um, that makes things a little interesting, but. It's working out, so. Okay. So in both of your cases, it happened really quick because, Melanie, in, in your case, that was during the, the first big week of the virus, and I'm sure you didn't figure on Monday um, that that you were going to be in the office for the last day on Thursday. Well, actually, uh, yes. Um, did you? Okay. At APH, we, we, I mean, we are really blessed to have a, just a wonderful leadership. They kind of saw this coming. They kept abreast of what was happening elsewhere, I guess. And so we knew the week before that we were looking at going home and what that was going to look like. And we were getting everybody ready. Um, mm -hmm. So our uh, internal IT department was just on it. You're both working at home, have been, uh, in Melanie's case since March and, and um, Natalie's case since April. Regardless of what the job is that people do, it's a real different environment, I'm sure. Um, it just has to be. You're not, you know, you, you don't have people like down the hall to go talk to. And um, when you get up in the morning and you get ready for work, um, you know, you're not you're not having to appear at the office at a at a certain time in advance of when you're going to log in or whatever. But there's there's bound to be some some differences, some changes. Melanie, why don't you start and tell us how you, I guess we'll just say, how do you like working at home, and regardless of what the job is? How do you how do you like the kind of day that happens when you work at home, and what's different than um, when you were at work? And Natalie, feel free to jump in and um, and and give your points of view as well. 
So I feel like um, I, I do like working from home. It definitely has some advantages, um, but it does have disadvantages too. I really miss being able to go grab a cup of coffee and talk with uh, people in my department. I miss um, just the, the change of pace, being able to um, leave the house and, and have a, you know, something else to do with my day. It gets a little monotonous looking at the same four walls all day. <laughs> and I do have to be um, much more cognizant of my surroundings here at home. Now, I'm lucky that I do have a dedicated office space in my home, and so I can shut everybody out. But my kids are home right now because school also ended around the same time. And so um, my daughter came home from college. My son came home from uh, KSB, the School for the Blind. And uh, so that, and, and then my husband came home. So <laughs> it has been really interesting. But I will say that all in all, I don't miss a commute um, because it, it would sometimes take me over an hour to get to and from work. So that part I don't miss. But overall, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the way things are right now. And it looks like it's going to be this way for the foreseeable future. What do you think, Natalie? Well, when I first started out, my first week, I didn't like it at all. But I think that was because um, I had a whole lot of system issues. I had several mornings where I had issues logging in things just because I didn't have enough time to really make sure everything was going to work. They just kind of tested quickly and said, okay, you can do this. So um, once I got past all those things, Working at home is growing on me. Um, like Melanie, I don't miss the commute um, because it's nice to for my time to be my time because now I can wake up at like 7.15 and run through the shower really quick and, you know, still be at work at 8. I do miss interacting with people. Luckily, we have a chat program through work that we can, you know, use, so I, I still feel a little bit connected, but um, yes, unfortunately I can't, it's not accessible with like our group team chats and things like that. So um, I miss out on a lot of those things. Um, Are you guys so not using the, Microsoft Teams, Natalie? No. No. Okay. We're using the Microsoft Teams app, which is really accessible. And um, the other people on our team who are uh, blind and visually impaired, you know, we're we're all able to communicate really well. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that you guys aren't. No, we're not. They're, they have us using um, ours is called, well, for our chats, it's called Jabber, and it's not. Oh, we have Jabber, too. <laughs> yeah, and we had to do a lot of scripting, and we can't script for group chats and whatever. So, um, and then for, like, our actual team meetings, we use WebEx. And, I mean, that works fine because, you know, I just call in on that. It's really hard for me because Joey is at work all day, and so all I have to talk to are my customers. And when people are calling about their electricity, they're not really nice. So um, it's kind of it's kind of hard to, you know, not really have anybody to talk to that is actually going to be nice to you. But um, you know, it it's all working, and I'm it's starting to it's starting to grow on me a little bit more. And I think too because I've had an attitude change because I know this is going to be what it is for a while. And I feel like, too, I, you know, I talk to people who are really glad to talk to me all day. It's not like they're dreading to call me. Um, you know, if I'm able to help somebody get services, they are so happy. And a lot of times, you know, the calls just end on a really positive note. So it's a totally different 
paradigm, I think. I um, And I don't really, well, I do talk to my family throughout the day because I'm not tied to the phones. Like I don't have any sort of, I, I do have a lot of flexibility in my job. So it makes it a lot easier to get up and if I need to, you know, run in the other room for a minute or oh, whatever, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of flexibility. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't have that because I, I still have to be on my schedule. So I'm tied to my phone from 8 until 9.30, and then my break is oh, from 9.30 okay. to 9.50. And then I'm tied to my phone from 9.50 until noon. And then I come back from lunch at 12.30, and I'm there till 3. And oh, then wow. I'm on break until 3.20, and then I come back and work until 4.30. So I can't, you know, I can't get up and um, – you know, I can understand and that would make, that would make definitely an extra make it a little sandwich difficult. or something. And I think it's a difference in our jobs too. You know, the the customer service for the Louisville Gas and Electric is probably a lot higher call volume, and um, is definitely more technical pieces. What I'm doing, my calls are longer, so I have time in between calls. The call volume is not as heavy. Um, sometimes I'm answering emails. Sometimes I'm doing um, website updates. I mean, there's just so much involved, so it's not just phone calls. And I think that could get a little tedious, especially if you don't have somebody to, you know, yell over the cubicle wall to or something like that. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I, I definitely feel your your frustration there. I like the fact that I am still connected through, like I said, Microsoft Teams were able to chat throughout the day. And, and it's mostly there for technical assistance if I have a question about you know, a product that APH sells or, you know, a resource that might be out there, then I can put it out there. But we have fun there, too. It's also, you know, just chit-chat about whatever. Um, and there's a lot of participation there. So it does still feel like, and, and I'm in a lot of meetings, too, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately um, so we're using Zoom and Teams for meetings, too. So that breaks up my day a lot also. So I think, I guess what I'm getting at is that I feel like, um, you know, I might not be as happy about being at home if I were really tied to a strict schedule. Because I have some flexibility, I feel like that's what makes me like it more. Um, See, I think yeah. I would really like doing either one of of those scenarios. Um, yeah, I think it would be really more regimented um, I've I've heard a number of people talk about how regimented it is, how you have to be logged on and your break is at a certain time. And um so Natalie, you know, I've I've heard that from a number of people. But I I think I would like I think I would like more about that than I would dislike because it would be great to be able to 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 get up at seven fifteen or seven thirty and be ready to log in at eight o'clock. And Natalie, I want to ask you. Um, well, I guess both of you, but but especially Natalie, since you have that that strict you know, a stricter schedule. Um, I had, I, I guess, my perception of working from home was that uh, probably uh, more more less or less regimented than than what it really is. Um, you know, my perception has always been okay, so you can. You can log in and and you can work, but if but if you need to 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 run and grab something or whatever, 
uh, or answer a question. Someone comes in, you know, if there's if there's people in your house, um, that you could do that. And several people have said, no, you can't. No. In in one case, um, a friend of a friend uh, told me that if she isn't doing something on her computer uh, or on that system for five minutes, it logs her out, and then she's yes. docked in pay. For yeah, mine the other day, um, like I really had to use the restroom, and I was like, okay, I'm at home, and I shouldn't be saying this because I never know who's listening to this, but um, so I'm like, okay, I'm at home. I know I should really put myself in break to go use the restroom because if we have to use the restroom, then we have to deduct that time from our next break. Well, I really needed all that time on my next break to do, because I had to make a phone call and I knew I was going to need all that time. So I was in after call because I was documenting. So I'm like, okay, this is going to take me, you know, 30 seconds to run and use the restroom, whatever. So Mm -hmm. um, I did do that. And you're not, you know, you're not supposed to be. So I get this text message from, my manager that says, so I'm looking at you and you're, I'm live monitoring you and your screen hasn't moved in, you know, a minute. She's like, what yeah. are you doing? We're, we're going to run out of time. This is a really fascinating subject, I think. Um, I hope the listeners think so too because blind people have for many years said, when they say, well, what would you like to do? What kind of job would you like? They said, well, I'd like to find something I can do from home. And I'm not sure that any of us really have thought about what is that? What does that customer job, customer service job really entail? What skills do I have to have? So, you know, this is just a start on that discussion. I think this work from home thing is going to go on for a long time. And I think, you know, companies are going to have more of that available as time goes on. So um, I hope that maybe we can, you know, catch up again and and talk about what is what is happening as time goes on, how things change, and if some of the work from home becomes permanent. Um, I saw a news story last night that said that um, a number of companies are truly thinking of downsizing that office space because they've discovered that they can you know save a lot of money by having people work from home. It will change. There will be a lot that will change um, as that kind of thing becomes true. Um, and and I think that how that the implications of that for blind people are probably tremendous. Um, it is. And my mother and I have had this ongoing debate because she swears that I am just on a like temporary vacation. So to her, <laughs> work from home is. You know, I can just do what I want when I want. So, <laughs> and I feel like I'm more productive at home, even. Or I don't know more, but I definitely feel like I have a very high level of productivity at home because I'm a little bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like quite as um, I don't know. I'm not sure if, what what I'm trying to say exactly, but I do feel like I have a high level of productivity at home, and I'm able do to you get both quite a bit get up more and, done. And, and do you, do you dress in in work clothes or around the house clothes? I do, I do because and Joey doesn't understand why I do that. But like I told him, I do it because if I still don't dress like I'm going to work, I fear that because I know I'm at home, like I'm not going to be as professional in my, you know, in my mm-hmm. um, call deliverance yeah. and stuff. 
And I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I definitely get dressed, but I don't necessarily dress as professionally as I would if I were going into the office. But I will say, <laughs> I do, I do make myself, um, you know, look decent because I'm, like I said, I'm in Zoom meetings a lot. So yeah. people are, are looking at me. And so I, I definitely um, take care of, of how I look for sure. Yeah, like Joey thinks it's crazy because I still put on shoes and I still, you know, I, I do all those things because. Yeah. I'm in flip-flops mostly. <laughs> I feel like if I don't, then I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be as professional because yeah. I know that probably doesn't make sense, but. Oh, I think I've heard many of people say that. Yes. I think that's been even researched. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think you're onto something there. Yep. Well, thank you all very much. I hope that uh, you thank all you will for having us again for for an update uh, in a couple more weeks, maybe, uh, or as things change. Um, and I hope that our listeners will contact us and let us know what they would like to hear on this subject. So thank you both very much. Thank, thank you. you. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.